Hello, this is Barbara DeGran. I'm an abolitionist vegan from Texas in the USA. You can find me at veganacious.com and you're listening to Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. Vegetarian. Vegan. Yeah, well. Let's get it right. You used the word animals, but I suppose what you should have said is non-human animals. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. Benjamin Zephaniah, Dennis Kucinich, and Avatar. My first story is about Benjamin Zephaniah. I love his name. His surname is spelt Z, or Z for the uncultured, E-P-H-A-N-I-A-H. Zephaniah is one of the most interesting vegans that I know of. I like mentioning him, as he breaks all kinds of stereotypes of what vegans look like. He's an African Englishman, a Rastafarian poet, and he's vegan. I love it. I've known about Zephaniah for a few years now, but have only recently started watching videos of him online. On the Animal Rights and Wrongs podcast I listened to, linked to in my show notes, a Zephaniah poem was recently played. Here it is in full. I really, really have to go now, so this is my last poem. I'm sitting there thinking, what do I do, what do I do? Somebody asked me for a request earlier, um, as I was saying, and I'm gonna, I think I've got to do that. Um, we're in um, May now, yeah? June tomorrow, is that right? Great. Let me take this opportunity to wish you a very Merry Christmas. <laughs> Be nice to your turkeys this Christmas. <laughs> because turkeys just want to have fun. Turkeys are cool, and turkeys are wicked. And every turkey has a mum. <laughs> Be nice to your turkeys this Christmas. Don't eat it, keep it alive. It could be your mate, and not on your plate. Say, yo, turkey, I'm on your side. I've got lots of friends who are turkeys. And all of them fear Christmas time. They say, Benj, hey, Benj. Man, I want to enjoy it, man. It's a Jamaican turkey. But those humans have destroyed it, man. And those humans are out of their mind. Yes, I've got lots of friends who are turkeys. And all have the right to a life. Not to be caged up and genetically made up by a farmer and his wife. No. Turkeys just want to play reggae. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> turkeys just want to hip hop. Have you ever seen a nice young turkey saying, Hey man, I cannot wait for the chop. Turkeys would like to get presents. Turkeys want to watch Christmas TV. Turkeys have brains and turkeys feel pain in many ways like you and me. I once knew a turkey. His name was Turkey. He said, Benji, explain to me, please. Who put the turkey in Christmas? And what happens to Christmas trees? I said, I'm not too sure, turkey. But it's got nothing to do with Christmas. No, humans get greedy and waste more than need be. And businessmen make lots of cash. So, 
Be nice to your turkeys this Christmas. Invite them indoors for some greens. Let them eat cake. <laughs> and let them partake in a plate of organic grown beans. They love it. Be nice to your turkeys this Christmas and spare them the cut of the knife. Join Turkeys United and they'll be delighted and you'll make new friends for life. Good night. I thought it was clever. I have some other audio of Benjamin Zephaniah. There's a great video about veganism called Truth or Dairy. It's somewhat outdated now. It's from sometime in the early 90s, I assume. It's hilarious to see the clothing worn, and the music is odd, although the information itself is still relevant. I've linked to Truth or Dairy in my notes, and I'll play a few parts of it now. Okay, so this part's got epic music. And this one's making out that all vegans are hippies and weirdos. And finally we get to this next part, which is really current, up-to-date 90s music about how cool veganism is. Some people say the problem with being vegan is you can't eat a bloody thing. I mean, by the time you've stopped eating meat, fish, milk, eggs and cheese, there ain't nothing left except a few poxy vegetables. You're obviously a bit of a liability on the eating out front as well. So you have to stay in by yourself, cooking lentils the whole time. Some restaurants may knock up an omelette or something if a straight vegetarian walks in. But they haven't got time to go cooking a load of chickpeas because you think you're a vegan. This part is a montage of shopping through a supermarket, grabbing a whole bunch of beans and lentils and things. Buying vegan food is as easy as buying bits of meat. Nowadays, in most of supermarkets, you'll find vegan treatment. Aki, chapati, dumpling and naan, chana and rotis, onion, otter pan, masala, dosa, green colour, loo, bell and samosa, corn and aloo, yam and cassava, pepper patchu, rotul and guava, rice and tofu, puree, paratha, tasmi, casserole, brown eggless pasta and brown bread rolls. Soya milk music, soya bean curd, soya sweet treaties, soya the word, soya bean margarine, soya bean sauce, wakamek medicine. Sire, of course. Sire mixed yogurt. Sire ice cream. Or sire sorbet. Sire I'm supreme. Sire six licorice. Sire salad. Try any sire. This sire is bad. Plantain and tabbouleh. Coming pudding. Onion barge with plenty coming. Breadfruit and coconut. Molasses tea. Dairy free omelets. Very chilly. Gingerbread. Nut roll. Sorrow for four. Cocoa or rye bread. I set them on tour. Drinking cool moby. Makes me feel sweet. What was the question now? What do we eat? As well as not eating animals, vegans don't wear them either. 
In this part, Zephaniah mentions how much he likes fake leather products. I've always hated them. Why would I want to look like I'm wearing leather? I've always thought leather was ugly, a sort of cross between rubber and vinyl. I don't find it attractive. Vegan shoes, as my mum calls them, come in all shapes and sizes, from the hard-wearing to the highly stylish. Now, there are some vegetarians who justify wearing leather by saying it's only a byproduct of the meat industry and that they're not actually contributing to the animal's death. Come on now. If the meat industry couldn't sell the skins for leather, they'd probably go bust. Killing the animal simply for meat would be unprofitable. And profits is what it's all about. This bit I like. He's trying out different fake leather shoes. He's stomping about his feet in different shoes. Of course, just because vegans can now pretend they are wearing leather, doesn't mean you gotta like this sort of stuff. But I love it. So now he's withdrawn his head into a, a fake leather jacket and he's kissing the inside of it. Uh... Cow's milk is promoted as a health-giving wonder food. But when you stop and think about it, it's actually a pretty weird idea to drink the baby food from another species. Plenty of animals regularly kill and eat each other. But we are the only animals to take the breast milk from another species. And the only animals to drink milk after infancy. This must spinach contains more calcium than this pointer. And half a million Brits can't digest cow's milk anyway. Instead of cow's milk, vegans drink soya milk, which can be bought at almost all supermarkets and health food stores, and which can be used for cooking in exactly the same way. It contains half the calories and fat, and is only slightly more expensive because taxpayers subsidise cow's milk. There is a common misconception that being vegan is some kind of sacrifice that people make because they love animals so much. However, the animal that will benefit most from you becoming vegan is yourself. If you look at any diet plan or health warning, the message is always the same. Eat less meat, dairy products and animal fats and eat more fresh fruit and vegetables. The author might as well just write, go vegan and save themselves a bother. I've never been one of those vegans that claims veganism will cure cancer and diabetes and heart attacks and strokes, but I love pointing out that basically every food pyramid and other healthy eating diet ever has always recommended having more fruits and vegetables and basically less meat. Gotta catch up with Lucy Stevens, my mate, vegan, British triathlon team. Hello Lucy. Hi Benjamin. So what do you have to do to be in a triathlon then? Well, I swim 1,500 metres, then cycle 40 kilometres and run 10 kilometres one after the other. Oh, yeah, it's probably the most grueling sport that there is. How long have you been a vegan? Uh, I've been a vegan for about 10 years and a vegetarian for seven years before that. So you can be a top-class top class athlete and be a vegan at the same time? Oh, definitely. I think being a vegan's probably helped me, actually, because I get all the protein and all the carbohydrates I need, but I don't get any of the saturated fats that you get in a vegetarian or a meat diet. My mate Mickey Tecker said, loads of people would love to be vegans, but simply can't afford to be. I mean, by the time you bought your week's supply of veg and soya milk and bread and stuff, well, you'd be lucky to get change from a fiver, and a fiver could buy you a great big steak. And there's this recession thing. I mean, look at me. I'm a poor bloke from Mayfair. I'm unemployed, times are hard, and I'm saving up all my money because I want to be a student when I grow up, he said. And besides, he said... I love this bit. 
I haven't got the time. This is the 90s. It's do it quick time. Grab and run. I can't be soaking beans and pulses for four hours a day. It'd be non-stop cooking. There'd be no time for credit card fraud and joyriding and ram-riding and sex. Milk is fab. It's wet. It's creamy. It smells yummy when it's been left in the fridge too long, and it comes in bottles that do cute jiggly dancing in their adverts. Apart from the adverse health effects for humans drinking the stuff, the only problem with this super liquid is that for every 7,000 litres or so that you produce, you get a free cough. Milk is only produced by humans or animals after they have given birth, as it is the food for the newborn baby. The calf must be disposed of quickly before it starts scuffing all our milk. What happens to it depends on its sex, and for once, the girls get arguably the better deal. Males are no good at producing milk, but they are damn good at making meat. A couple of days after being born, most of them will go off to join a beef herd and get fattened up ready to join their mates in the supermarket freezer. An animal-loving nation like ours wouldn't dream of allowing anything as barbaric as veal to be produced in this country. So any British calves wanting to spend six months in a cage not being able to turn round and consuming only liquids have to be exported for the pleasure. We can't have our cars back until they are tender white flesh, ready to be consumed with a delicate tomato and basil sauce and perhaps a bottle of fine white wine. Females are much luckier than males. Oh, yes, some will admittedly go on to become meat like their brothers, but others will join the dairy herd. Although they don't get to have sex, artificial insemination puts them in the family way and they have a little baby about once a year. This means they'll still be making milk for the last calf and so end up pregnant and giving milk for up to eight months a year. To get the most milk out of the least number of cows, you need to make their udders as big as possible. This is done using hormones and selective breeding, and although it means it's a bit tricky to walk and that almost all cows suffer from lameness at some point in their lives, their udders can now weigh up to 50 kilograms. Dairy cows are killed at about seven of their expected 20 years as it becomes more profitable to bring in some youngsters to take their places. There are now loads of vegetarians milling about and an estimated 2,000 more Britons give up meat every week, which is brilliant and which is undoubtedly saving the lives of millions of animals. Becoming a vegetarian is a very positive thing to do. But there is a certain amount of hypocrisy in, on one hand, refusing to buy meat and animal fats, but on the other hand, supporting the very same industries by buying milk or eggs or liver. Our power as consumers cannot be underestimated. We effectively dictate exactly what goods are produced. And if the demand for animal products starts to disappear, then the industries will have no choice but to start producing more ethically sound items or go bust. Really, when you think about it, Becoming a vegan is the ultimate consumer boycott. There's no doubt that becoming a vegan is not an easy option. You'll be the butt of all those amusing lettuce and rabbit jokes, you'll have to visit health food shops, and your friends and parents will try and slip bits of meat into your food. Not only that, but animals do taste nice, apparently. So, in the perfect world, everyone would be vegan. There'd be no global warming, the ozone layer would have got patched up, and nobody over the age of 30 would be allowed into raves. But so what? We've heard it all before. Nice film, Ben, and all that. But what do you want me to do about it? Let's face it, 
It's not exactly cool to be a vegan. I mean, would you be a vegan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, from here on it mentions a bunch of people I haven't heard of before. The best one, about the only one from the list I knew, was right at the end. Yuri Geller, the guy who claims to bend spoons using his mind. Hi, I'm Yuri Geller. These are my children. This is Natalie and this is Daniel. And they're both vegans. Um, they were, uh, they're vegans since uh, day number one. I'm sending you my powers. You're going to become a vegan from now. And as the funky music starts, the credits roll, and it's over. I hope you can see the full video. I've linked to it in my notes that you can see in the lyrics section of this podcast, or on my blog, coexistingwithnonhumananimals.blogspot.com. Another interesting story I found was Dennis Kucinich, an American vegan who ran for a presidential election, who briefly spoke about veganism in a recent interview. Here's an extract of that part. I have a, um, a note here from Rice Cracker. That's how it's spelled here. If you were made the absolute dictator of the U.S. for one day, what are some of the things you would do? Hmm. I think I would order everyone to have vegan chocolate chip brownies. Now, why would I do that? Well, I've been a vegan uh, now for, well, since 1995. That would be more than 14 years. And as a result, I've had tremendous health. I have uh, had great energy, clarity. I've had uh, the ability to be able to connect my dietary choices with my health. I had Crohn's growing up and had a pretty serious bout with it throughout uh, my uh, 30s and 40s. When I changed my diet, the symptoms began to disappear. Um, and I started to understand also how the choice of diet affects the environment, resources, energy. Uh, it's a spiritual choice as well. And so uh, if I had one day to make an, an imprint on, on the nation, I'd look at our ch the choices that we make with respect to food. Also, the matters of compassion towards living creatures who become food. Uh, we, we, we need to be uh, more thoughtful as a nation about the choices that we make and, um, and the food that we consume. Now, I'm not someone who believes that you can truly dictate to people what food they uh, should eat. But I thought it was a great opportunity to uh, bring in the potential of uh, diet for transforming individual health and for transforming uh, the nation in some powerful and positive ways. So uh, thank you for the appropriately, uh, thank you, uh, Rice Cracker, appropriately named. Rice Crackers, too. Uh, it's great to hear him mentioning veganism, although I've heard him other times mentioning in a speech that all Americans deserve to know the meat we eat came from animals that were healthy and lived happy lives. The last thing I'd like to mention is the movie Avatar. I thought it was a great movie, although I could only see it in 2D, not 3D, 
which is sort of like watching The Wizard of Oz on a black and white television. However, there were a few things that really bothered me. The native alien people in Avatar live at one with nature. They believe in spirits and everything, and everything is connected together, no doubt through some kind of USB and Wi-Fi. But they do hunt animals, and they have a ritual that they say after killing an animal. They shoot animals with bows and arrows, and then actually say something like, Oh brother, I respect your life, I honour your being, you will become one with the people. Unreal. The people, of course, being the hunters. What a strange way to say, we're going to eat you, as if it's some spiritual ceremony with the animal as the special invited guest, as well as the main course. I was disappointed that the big pure aliens are not vegan. I sort of assumed that they would be, since they are meant to be better than the dirty humans, in every way environmentally. A lot of Avatar can come across as a climate change propaganda film, but still, the aliens are not vegan. I like Lord of the Rings. I've always imagined that the elves were vegan. Even before I were vegan, I just couldn't imagine the tall white elves with blood on their hands. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've read the book, and I guess they probably eat meat and other animal products. But at least in my head, elves should be vegan. They seem to live off their magic bread all the time, which could be vegan, albeit very boring. In Avatar, the main aliens also have a way of domesticating wild animals. They essentially jump on an animal and jam their ponytail firewire plug into the alien animals, and they instantly connect to the same Airport Extreme network. Once this happens, boom, the animal is instantly tamed and loves the alien who now owns it forever. They stay together forever, supposedly, and the alien horses and the alien flying dinosaur things won't allow anyone else to ride them. The whole thing was rather sexual, I thought. Some kind of perverted USB cord rape of animals. Also, the main character does the taming ritual with one flying dinosaur alien, and then does it again with another, better one. What happens to his first flying friend? The one that is meant to be linked with him forever. So now he has a flying dinosaur alien mistress on the side? I'm sure it must hurt the feelings of the original one. I liked Avatar a lot. I think in 3D it might be one of the greatest movies of all time, but it's not very vegan friendly. It almost feels like the ultimate Happy Meat movie, as if the movie reassures us it's okay to use animals however we want after jumping on them and ramming our ponytail USB drives into their mined USB slots. It's just the treatment that matters. As long as we say some mumbo-jumbo about being one with the people, it's fine to kill animals. Thank you for listening to Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. You can find the script for this episode, as well as downloads for every episode of Coexisting with Non-Human Animals, at coexistingwithnonhumananimals.blogspot.com. If you'd like to contact me, just to say you've listened, send an email to jwontdart at gmail.com, jwontdart at gmail.com. I'd appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Away from the notion of animals as things and toward the moral personhood of animals. The choice is ours. If you're not vegan, go vegan. It's easy. It's better for you. It's certainly better for the planet. And most importantly, it's the morally right thing to do.